Good Tuesday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller, and thank you kindly for joining us on the I Love Seville show. It's great to be with you. Um, we love connecting with you through the network. We're a block away from the Charlottesville Police Department, a block away from the Albemarle County and Charlottesville Courthouses, a block off the downtown mall. We're a mile and change from Thomas Jefferson's University, Scott Stadium, the John Paul Jones Arena, smack dab in the heart of this community. Today's program is one that we're proud of, and today's program has been influenced by two valued viewers and listeners. Um, I hope he is watching today, a man that I have um, significant respect for, Curtis Shaver, has influenced two headlines on screen today. Curtis Shaver, a known, known commodity um, in this community, the one-time executive chef and co-owner of Peloton Station, a place that many of us miss dearly, now working a much more predictable schedule outside restaurant life, has, has two headlines on, on screen right now that were suggestions from him. Also, I got a tip from another known commodity in our family, and James Watson. He is a top 10 member of this family. In fact, Curtis Shaver needs to be ranked, as, as, now that I'm thinking about that. Let's go to the ilovesevil.com forward slash viewer rankings. ilovesevil.com forward slash viewer rankings for the power pull. And let's go ahead and put Curtis in at the 38th slot. Now, frankly speaking, after putting two headlines on screen today, he comes in at a higher spot than 38. I think he checks in at an even 31, and everyone gets slightly uh, pushed down because he's crafted the show today or helped craft the show today. James Watson, we get his photo on screen. I almost wore a tank top today with Curtis Shaver's photo on it. I literally have a tank top with Curtis Shaver's picture on it. I may wear it sometime on the show. James Watson is number five in the family. Let's get his photo on screen. He sent us a story that did not make the headlines, but one that I'm going to lead with because I think it's important. He was at the shops of Stonefield. I'm reading um, on my phone right now. And there was a restaurant in the shops of Stonefield that, was, uh, that served organic sandwiches and smoothies. And he sent me two photos of this organic sandwiches and smoothie Stonefield um, restaurant food and beverage business now being completely empty. And he said, I don't even think this place made it a year. Oof. And the shops of Stonefield, owned by a uh, private equity firm outside of New York, the shops of Stonefield. We appreciate the tip from James Watson, number five in the family, University of Virginia graduate, all around A-plus guy. Um, what we try to do with the talk show is we want to crowdsource content. We want content from you, the viewer and listener, that you think is influential to Charlottesville, Albemarle County, and Central Virginia. And today's program is, is a good indication of that with Mr. Watson and Mr. Shaver crowdsourcing content for us. We'll get to the fact that the Daytona 500 winner, and I'll tell you what, the Daytona 500 was a hell of a lot more compelling than last night's Virginia basketball game. Both Judah and I said, let's pick Virginia to win at Castle Coliseum. We were mistaken. Yeah. The Hokies hit and hammered the Hoos. It was humiliating. Humiliating loss. We'll talk about that on today's show. The Daytona 500, on the other hand, 
was compelling and engaging. William Byron, your Daytona 500 winner, a Liberty University online student, as I learned last night from C-Shave, Curtis Shaver. Um, William, William Byron's victory snapped Hendrick Motorsports' nine-race Daytona 500 losing streak in a rain-delayed race on Monday evening, a race dubbed the Great American Race. Also, very interestingly, the Disc Golf World Championships being held this year in Lynchburg. I learned that from Curtis as well. So Lynchburg with the Daytona 500 champion, William Byron being an online student at Liberty U, and with the Disc Golf World Championships being held later this year in Lynchburg, Lynchburg has got two um, headlines in and of itself on today's edition of the I Love Seville Show. I want to lead the program with a story that we've covered extremely well on the I Love Seville Network, and that is just an unfortunate turn of events on so many different levels. With Morgan Benninger, the University of Virginia student, who has now settled her lawsuit with UVA. We do not know the terms of the settlement. Judah, I hope it was for tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, no doubt. Tens of millions, if not more, I hope, Morgan Benninger got. Yeah. We'll weave you in on a two-shot. Let us know when you're on. I'll set the stage for the Benninger lawsuit with a little help from my friend, Judah Wickhauer. So she's in downtown Charlottesville, right? Morgan Benninger. She's, she's a white, uh, can I say female student because it's an adjective there, female? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's perfect. Thank you, Judah. She's a white female student at the University of Virginia. She's in downtown Charlottesville in 2020. There's a Black Women's Matter protest going on in downtown Charlottesville at the same time that Morgan Benninger is in downtown Charlottesville. Uh, Ms. Benninger comes up to the Black Women's Matter protests, and there was a, it was a truck with a man behind the wheel that was serving as a barricade or a blocker, a barricade of protection for the Black Women's Matter protesters. Yeah. And, <coughs> excuse me, Ms. Benninger may or may not have said um, the following, quote, it's a good thing you're here because otherwise these people would have been speed bumps, end quote. Yeah. She either, one side said that, you know, Benninger did this in a joking capacity. Some people said maybe the comment never even happened. I think the biggest problem is that the context, the the comment was, I think, misinterpreted. Uh, not just misinterpreted. They completely changed the comment and then, and then misinterpreted it. I mean, from, from my standpoint, that's making something up. Yeah. Uh, the protesters um, took the comment and, 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 and misinterpreted it, if we're giving the benefit of the doubt, for not giving the benefit of the doubt, completely made it up as a, an attack yeah. on those involved in the protest. Somehow, Zianna Bryant, the Charlottesville High School graduate, um, an activist of known commodity, a known commodity, 
uh, an activist that probably the top profile activist in the Charlottesville and Central Virginia community. She was the uh, um, activist that was um, the, the rallying cry and the inspiration behind the statue removal in Lee Park. She's a University of Virginia graduate. Mm-hmm. We've covered her on this show with her ties to the Dove commercial campaigns. Yeah. Um, she took Morgan Benninger's comment, whether it was said or whether it was not said, and made it, I guess, a story. Um, and that's me putting it lightly. Oh, very lightly. What's a better characterization? I mean, she turned it into a, a I mean, some people are going to probably get mad at me for saying this, but I would argue that it wasn't much different from, uh, from what uh, uh, people bringing torches onto, onto UVA grounds. I mean, she basically started a, started a witch hunt uh, against Morgan Bettinger. There's a profile in the Daily Progress about this today. It's a, it's a good profile. Yeah. Good story on what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Zianna Bryant used her social media following to drum up interest from other students. Judah's term, a witch hunt against Morgan Benninger. I mean, she essentially, she essentially held the school at... Uh, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? In the palm of her hands, had leverage over the university, she, basically was dangling the university as if she was a puppeteer. She threatened to close down, a, a, I believe it is a, U, a Duke UVA game. She if, said that... If they didn't expedite the, uh, the, uh, the case against Bettinger. That's, and, that's correct. And basically threatened, uh, threatened them that they had to find her guilty. There it is. She utilized social media influence and clout, equity earned as an activist, to basically bring the University of Virginia down to its knees, almost as if she was a puppeteer and Jim Ryan and UVA were her puppet dangling the strings to do what she wanted. She said if Morgan Benninger, she threatened is a better term, if Benninger did not get severely punished by the university, that her team of activists were going to, according to the Daily Progress today, lay down in the road in front of the, the Duke, Duke University football bus mm-hmm. and keep the Duke University football team from arriving to a scheduled kickoff at Scott Stadium for a nationally televised game. I don't think, I don't think President Ryan or the university was ever going to do much in terms of helping Morgan Bettinger, but the, uh, the threat in order to... Uh, in order to expedite the um, in order to expedite the trial and force a guilty verdict was just egregious 
Long, uh, unfortunately, a story that gets longer. Um, we will synopsis for you. They have since settled. Yep. Benninger, her attorneys, and the University of Virginia. Neither Benninger's attorneys nor Benninger herself are commenting on the settlement. Right. Um, local activist Zianna Bryant is not commenting on this either. Yeah, hardly a surprise. In either case, if I was Morgan Bettinger, I would want to distance myself from the school and, uh, and take my winnings and go live a life somewhere else. So the question if is if this. If I was Zianna Bryant... I would want to distance myself from this as well because <clears throat> it's, I, I think it's evil. Blaise Pascal said evil is easy and has infinite forms. I think we saw it in 2017 when, uh, when men carrying torches came to UVA. And I think we saw it again in 2020 when we saw metaphorical torches again carried at UVA. Deep Throat makes this comment, number one in the polls, put his photo on screen. Um, the fact that the University of Virginia settled with Morgan Benninger, you have to believe this is about how ugly discovery would have been. Right. Basically, the details of what happened coming to light. Yeah. Basically, the university jumping to judgment. The jumping to conclusions map, Matt well, here. Well, I mean, the... Uh the the trial was the jury was a jury of her peers it wasn't even so much uva but the fact that uva did nothing before or after right. after it was found out that that there was no reasonable way to to accuse her of of what she was accused of the uva uva <coughs> didn't didn't walk back anything and when she requested, uh, I think she requested uh, a review of uh, President Ryan and the university and got nothing. And this was at a time in 2020 when not just Charlottesville, not just the University of Virginia, but the entire nation was racially charged. Yeah. This leads to the question for the talk show. Was justice served? No. And this leads to a follow-up question for the talk show. <clears throat> what is legitimate justice? Yeah. Is justice served if Morgan Benninger gets millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars? We don't know what the number is. We'll probably never know. Right. Is that enough to serve justice? Or is justice served with a bag of money and an apology from Jim Ryan or the University of Virginia in a press release that becomes part of the news cycle, that becomes forever etched into SEO and Google search and internet databases, where when her name shows up, this news link shows up? I don't know. I don't think that... Uh, I don't think that any case like this ends in justice. The money is a palliative that uh, that doesn't doesn't serve to uh, provide justice, but it certainly uh, it certainly helps somebody wrong in this way. 
I echo Wickhauer's thoughts. Wickhauer's come, come correct and on point here. Janice Boyce Trevilian watching the program. Janice Boyce Trevilian, one of the members of the family, number 20 in the polls, if you get her photo on screen. Um, she asked this question. Was Zyana Bryant held accountable for her actions? Did the university do anything against her? No, that would be justice. And the answer is no. Because if it was, in fact, a statement that was made up, that's an honor code violation. I don't know that you could prove that. Um, I, I do believe that it was... It's not that it was made up. I believe it was misheard or misconstrued. Uh, I believe that, uh, if I recall, Ziana Bryant was uh, heard the, the comment uh, as hearsay. She didn't hear it directly herself. Someone else heard it, passed it on. This was literally down like... The, down the grapevine. The grapevine. I was just going to say that. Go ahead, Judith. You're it on point today. It changed from... You know, it changed from if you hadn't been here, something bad could have happened to these these people are great uh, are great speed bumps, obviously very different contexts. And so I, you know, Ziana Bryant, I believe, heard a, uh, a mistelling of what was said, but she took that and ran with it. And from everything that we've read, it sounds like she was eagerly seeking the destruction of a fellow student. That's and that's what I that's what I think is is the evil of this uh, of this whole story. Judah Wickhauer. And that's life in the digital era. Life in the digital era right there. So I, I would, I don't want to speak for Morgan Benninger. <coughs> I would not, she, I would bet she's a, a very wealthy woman right now. But I would bet that there's a portion of Morgan Benninger's thought process that's a significant portion that wishes this never happened to her at all. Oh, definitely. The money is, I believe, an afterthought. a small comfort. Because this will follow her to the end of time. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she'll find a place and people that don't care about, uh, about any of it, but yeah, it will follow her. There will be people that will probably continue to look at her a certain way when they meet her, whether or not they know the, the full story. And uh, that's a shame. And when it comes to um, the local activist, Diana Bryant, who I do believe has an extremely bright future, extremely intelligent, um, many, many talents. I think it was a lesson learned here that perhaps she is not as untouchable or as possessive of the Midas touch as she believed herself. I would like to think that she learned a lesson. I'm not sure how she would, though. She uh, She wasn't part of the suit. And, uh, well, I mean, I hope the lesson learned was how close that she could have been. Perhaps one of the reasons you don't include her in the suit is what are you going to really get financially? I, yeah, I mean, I would have thought that including her suit wouldn't be about getting money from her, but 
asking for the apology. That's the payment. That I could have. The been. I'm sorry on the record. Yeah. The I was wrong on the record. I doubt she'd ever get it, but uh, that would, I think, be closer to justice. Uh, JBT says her life dream was taken away from her. Yeah. That's the lead of the talk show. If you want something to read, um, the headline in the Daily Progress today is uh, UVA settles lawsuit with white alumna expelled after running with black protesters. Sad story across the board. Yeah. Sad story across the board. All right, we'll go to the next headline here. And, and lastly, I don't think, to your point, and you've made this point, and I thought, you know, you said it extremely well. Justice was not served here. No. And perhaps you make that the doesn't, ar- That doesn't mean that we think that she shouldn't have gotten the money. I think oh, I think she should have gotten the money. It, but it's, it's a, 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 pale, uh, a pale imitation of justice that... Uh, For you know, the last four years of her life. Yeah. Almost four years of her life. Yeah. And then the impact on the future. Mm-hmm. All right, headline two, Judah Wickhauer. Cautious, police chief, chief Cautious has... <clears throat> paused record access to the uh, the civilian oversight board. Um, and I feel like there's some information lacking in the article. I don't know if uh, there were more questions that could have been asked or if... I, I, I honestly don't know, but I, I feel like um, I can imagine... It, it, looks, it looks from the information like the... The ordinance, the city ordinance that was passed, giving the the board access to the police records, was incomplete or not well written. And my thinking on this is that conscious may be protecting the city by preventing preventing a uh, a poorly worded ordinance from causing problems. If say somebody that was arrested who's records were given to the oversight board decided to sue the city over that information being being let out um but i don't offer the example you gave judas come correct today uh the example i was thinking about was the the man that was arrested and charged in at least one of the attacks on the ravana trail um we know very little about the story or why the police moved so quickly to uh, to arrest him uh, and charge him. But it would seem to me that if somewhere down the line he is found innocent... And he's, he claims he's 100% in, uh, innocent. Patrick McNamara. Yeah. and He if, says, I have a foolproof alibi. Yeah. And if his... And if the records that the police have gathered over the course of this investigation were released to the uh, the uh, police civilian Charl- review board, Charlottesville Police Civilian Oversight Board, I I feel like there could be uh, there could be uh, ramifications in terms of his uh, ability to then sue the city over those records being released if there were holes in the in the ordinance 
And so I think that because it sounds like Michael Kochis is he's not trying to like pull one over on the board or anything. It sounds like he wants to share the information, uh, but the ordinance needs to be airtight. The uh, <clears throat> Police Civilian Review Board um, continues to be in the news. And it's been in the news for a number of reasons, which I'll leave up to you um, to investigate online. A quick Google search will help you with that. Mm -hmm. um, the idea of an oversight board with civilians, with local police, I'm all for. Yep. Love the idea. If you watch this program, you know we back the blue. If you watch this yep. program, you know we're huge fans of Chief Mike Cotchus. We've dubbed him the George Clooney of policing. And since Mike Cotchus took this job roughly 13 months ago, we have not had a gun violence or crime problem like we did prior to his arrival. It's not in the news cycle as much. Gun violence is down. Violence is down. Chief Cotchus, through his walk and talks or his community events where he's talking with various leaders of various neighborhoods in the community, Chief Cotchus, with his humanized, localized, and personalized outreach efforts, have made an impact. Yeah. We, it's not like we haven't seen continued violence, but I feel like uh, it's, in each case, it's been quickly, the, the problems have been quickly buttoned up, and I feel like, uh, at least here, I feel like um, the, there's, there's quick resolution, and the attention <clears throat> to the cases is uh, uh, <coughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I feel like I feel like nothing is nothing feels like it's out of hand. Everything feels like well, you when know, we have crime we know, and those that perpetrate the crime are caught. Yeah, you can't, that is reassuring. You can't preempt preemptively stop crime. Right. But, but what you can do is catch the people doing the crime. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. Exactly. And when they're catching the people doing the crime, that creates reassurance. Yeah. That creates, that creates confidence. That's the word I was looking for, reassurance. That creates the, the feeling of safety. Yeah. And the feeling, like, you know what law and order is? The concept of law and order is as much about tangible law and order as it is about reassurance in the feeling of law and order. Yeah. The concept of law and order is when we walk anywhere, we feel safe. Yeah. It's as much about that feeling as it is doing the walking and not having anything happen to you. Right. He's created the, f he's conjured the feeling again. Mm-hmm. Of reassurance. Yeah, of reassurance. And he's done it a number of ways. How he managed the clearing of the houseless population in the park. Yeah. Where at the end, he, they weren't even there. Right. They said, here's your deadline. Please leave. Yeah. And they allowed the folks in the park that were the, encamp the encampment, Sandersville, to clear on their own. I believe they helped some of them clear. They did. They helped. He went door to door, door to door, air quotes on the tents, and said, "We're giving you to this deadline. Just letting you know." Yeah. So here's uh, here's from the article what I was talking about in terms of uh, 
I don't believe Cautious is intending this as some some type of block. Uh, it says Cautious said he made the decision after he found an omission in the city's paperwork governing how police share information with the board, which has the power to conduct, conduct investigations of police misconduct and review internal affairs investigations done by the police. While Cautious has maintained he holds the board in high regard and wants its paperwork updated so it can get back to work, the board's director Inez Gonzalez says she feels that Cautious has questioned the legitimacy of her organization. Both agree the omission must be corrected. And so I I think I don't know what the omission is in the paperwork, but again, I I feel like that could lead to law problems down the line if not if not buttoned up and it to to my percept perception of this, it seems like Conscious is looking out for the city. I don't think it's a bad read at all. I don't think it's a bad read at all. Conscious said, our PCOB, uh, Police Civilian Oversight Board, truly wants a well-run, accountable, professional police department. That's what they want, and that's what everybody should want. And you know who doesn't mind a police civilian oversight board? A police force that's not doing anything wrong. There it is. Bingo. You're on effing point today, dude. I sincerely mean that. That's exactly right. And he's trying to do that top to bottom. Yeah. Run a force that's not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Okay, oversight. Yeah. But let's make sure we're doing it right. There it is. Right there. I, want, I do want to get to the bottom of this Rivanna Trail attacker story, though. Because that, that one's be lingered nice. too long. Yeah. <clears throat> it's lingered too long mm-hmm. without closure. No doubt. It's lingered too long without more context. Mm-hmm. Especially with the alleged attacker so adamant with his... Innocence and alibi. Right. And others also reinforcing the innocence and alibi that were supposedly or allegedly with him at the time. Yeah. All right. 107. A lot we got to get to. You have another headline. Judah's shaping the show, much like Curtis has shaped the show, much like James has shaped the show, and much like you, the viewer and listener. One more from you, if you could, please, sir. Uh, let's see. We got the, uh, Charlottesville high school has, uh, uh, put out a survey. The surveys just, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> the surveys are just such mumbo jumbo to me, but go ahead. I, I do have some questions. Uh, you know, we talked about, uh, the naming committees. Okay. Exactly. So you and I, the chemistry is working today. The go ahead. I'm sorry. I gotta, I'm so, just eager to offer perspective on this. So it's a, it's a safety survey. Uh, safety survey. It's on, um, the survey is on parentsquare.com. I think you can find it if you look up Charlottesville City Schools safety survey. And it says, Dear Charlottesville City Schools staff, 
families and CHS students. The school board has requested feedback about three possible updates to our current safety model. If approved, any of the changes would be piloted at CHS. At this point, we are in feedback mode, not decision-making. The three possible changes are, one, using weapons detectors either at CHS sporting events and or at CHS student arrival. Two, further exploring the idea of adding youth resource officers, that's what they're calling them, from the police department to our current safety model based on the public schools in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I'm guessing they must, there must be a model of that Success there, there that's doing well. Yes. The question is... That's a good guess. Do we want to learn more about this model? So they're not... The question is not about do we implement officers, it's should we learn more about this model and think about it for our school. And that's the thing that's irksome. What? Paralysis of analysis. Paralysis of analysis is the enemy of productivity. In business, it's the enemy of profitability. Mm-hmm. When you just constantly are thinking about something over and over again and doing safety surveys or getting feedback, you're doing nothing. And some of these surveys have literally yielded bull doo-doo. You've got surveys at elementary schools and at other public institutions, public schooling institutions, that have asked the parents, should we change the name? Sutherland, Merriweather, Kale. And overwhelmingly, the results were, don't change the name. And still the name was changed. Yeah. Why do the survey if you're not going to listen to the parents? Because it makes it come across as a disingenuous process. It yes. makes you take, it, it, it appears they're taking the survey input and, 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 and not even considering it. They probably didn't think anyone would find out that they were disregarding the results. And so in that case, the survey comes across as being uh, like a, an olive branch. We're holding out, you know, we're holding out a hand to, uh, to the community to discuss this issue and help us make a decision. When in reality, since we did find out about the results, it turns out that it was just a, a sham. It was a sham. It was not bait and switch. It was a sham. Yeah. It was a hustle. Yeah. It was a perception management tactic that backfired, where it was us trying to control the perception if the results did not get out, but the results were leaked. Yeah. I would bet an overwhelming, I'll choose a different word. I would bet if you surveyed the parents, at the high school in Charlottesville, a majority would suggest SRO metal detector. And the third one, recons- I'm not sure how the, the third one uh, involves safety. Uh, it has to do with uh, whether or not high school students should be able to bring their phones and use them between classes. Which they should not. They should not use their phone in between classes. Yeah. Now, some parents have made the comments to us off air, Judah and I, that they're very much in favor of children having their children having their phones at schools because that's how the parents could get alerted if there was a safety breach. Yeah. But one of the ways to prevent the safety breach is keep the phones out of the schools. The SROs and the metal detectors. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. 
So you're doing these parental surveys, safety surveys. Are the results going to get leaked? Like the naming committee results got leaked at Kale, at Southern, at Meriwether, just to name a few? And if the results are leaked and you don't do what the surveys indicate, then is that just another BS sham? Right. And I don't have a problem with the survey. I don't have a problem with them. Uh, I don't have a problem with the survey if they follow the results of the survey. Yeah. I'm, I have a problem with the survey if the results are not followed. Yeah. I appreciate them trying to work with parents and Bingo. teachers and students. But, if yeah, if this is just a, a show to, uh, you know, to... It's the dog and pony show. It's the pop and circumstance. Then, yeah, that's... That would be a shame. It's like the guy that's standing on the corner in a big city with a cardboard box, and he's got three cups and a little white ball under one of the cups, and he asks for $100 from you, and he says, guess where the cup is? Guess where the ball is? And he moves them around real quick. Yeah. They're playing three-card Monty with the parents. Yeah. We We hope they're not. They did with the naming committee. Yeah. I would bet the, res- the, the decision's already made. Could be. And if the decision's already made, this is a disingenuous process. Yeah. Good topic for a talk show. Two headlines from the illustrious, the esteemed, the distinguished, the iconic Curtis Shaver. I, I'm going to be wearing a, a Curtis Shaver tank top on the talk show. We're also going to be introducing a fortune teller segment with crystal balls, magic wands, and headdresses. Judah didn't know, does not know this, but he also may be a part of the fortune teller segment. What would be the name of my fortune teller character? Uh, let's see. The... I'm going to get smoke like you see at a club where we can push a button and smoke comes and encompasses the set. There will be a crystal ball in front of me. In fact, we have it right off set. I'm going to wear a headdress. We're going to be using these magic wands, and we're going to be telling fortunes on the show that are tied to Charlottesville and Central Virginia. How about the inscrutable Mesmero? What? That's inscrutable Mesmero? In... <laughs> Never mind then. Okay. Something that's brandable. Short and sweet. You know what the best names for dogs are? I do not. One-syllable dog names. <laughs> One-syllable dog names. Like Spot. You go to Spot. Leo. <laughs> Max. Liza's a good one. That's two syllables. Lucy's another one. That's a good one. That's two syllables. Short and sweet. Give me a fortune teller name that's short and sweet. Oh, man. Jerry the Big Brain. Jeez. <laughs> Next segment, please. The Daytona 500 winner. The Daytona, I started the program with this. You watched the Daytona 500 last night? A hell of a lot more compelling than UVA and Virginia Tech. The Hokies castrated the University of Virginia on national TV. Hmm. I mean, obliterated, annihilated, destroyed, hammered, hosed the Hoos. 
Daytona 500 winner. William Byron. Interestingly, one of the stars of a Netflix talk show or a Netflix documentary that I very much enjoyed. What was the name of the Netflix documentary? I watched it in like two nights. I thought it was that good. Full Speed. I very much encourage you guys to watch the Netflix documentary Full Speed. It was very... um, behind the scenes for some of the biggest stars in NASCAR, including William Byron. He wins the Daytona 500 um, last night. I did not know this until I got a text last evening from Curtis Shaver that William Byron is a Liberty University online student. He is currently pursuing a degree in business, William Byron. He was born in Charlotte, North Carolina. He attended Charlotte Country Day School, which is a very good school. He's currently pursuing a degree in business communications from Liberty University. He's also an Eagle Scout. Mm -hmm. How far did you make it in the Boy Scouts? I don't think you were in the Boy Scouts, right? I wasn't. I I I made it to Weeblow. I said we blow on the show. We I know. There, there's Judas' reaction right there. Bill McChesney, Albert Graves, welcome to the program. <coughs> Albert Graves says it was a great night in Blacksburg, fellas. His hokey basketball team looked amazing. I, I had a, uh, a business meeting here in the Macklin building. In fact, last night you left well before I did from our HQ here on Market Street. And I left, I'd say, what time did you leave? Like 6.30? Yeah. I left in probably the 7 o'clock vicinity last night. As I was driving home, I'm listening to um, uh, Jimmy Miller and John Freeman and the game on the radio. Hmm. And as they're getting ready to call the game, the... uh, Hokies play, is it Albert Graves? Is it Inner Sandman by Metallica? Isn't that the song for every Hokie game? Football or basketball? They were playing Inner Sandman. Nice. And dude, the student section was singing the lyrics to Metallica's Inner Sandman so loudly. It was being picked up on the radio broadcast broadcast. And I could hear each word perfectly clearly. Nice. And it was just a reflection of how tough a place Castle Coliseum is to play. Mm. At the same time, this game, the Daytona 500 was concluding, and William Byron gets, um, he captures the checker flag under caution. And I get a text from Curtis, and he said, this guy's a student at Liberty University. And he said, one other thing that you may not know, the Disc Golf World Championships are being held in Lynchburg this year. Hmm. So two Lynchburg headlines on the program. Zoltar is my uh, fortune teller moniker, I'm being told. Zoltar. Wasn't Zoltar the guy from Big? I think that was Zoltan. Are you sure? Nope. But look it up. I may not be sure, but I'm probably right. No, 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 no. You, you spoke with confidence there. You, you, 
No, is it Zoltar? Oh, it's Zoltar, dude. Was it Zoltar? It's Zoltar. Oh, That's the first oh, time boy. you've spoken with confidence and have not been <laughs> correct. Normally when you speak with that kind of conviction and confidence, you are often right. And by right all the time. This is the first time I think I've ever seen you wrong. No. When you speak with that kind of confidence, isn't it Zoltar? It is Zoltar. Big is an amazing movie. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So good. So that's Zoltar. I don't mind being Zoltar, but that is a riff on the 1988 American fantasy comedy drama directed by Penny Marshall starring Tom Hanks as the precocious Josh Baskin, a pre-adolescent boy who wishes to be big. I had a crush on uh, big Josh Baskin's girlfriend while watching that movie. Because I was seven at the time. Is that Elizabeth Perkins? Wow, is it Elizabeth Perkins? I would not have gotten that right. It is Elizabeth Perkins. Look at you, Judah Wickhauer. At least I got something right. Elizabeth Perkins. I, how old do you think Elizabeth Perkins is? Right now, let's yeah. see. I would say she's probably in her mid to late 60s. She, you are on point today. She's 63 years old. That's bananas if you think about it. Well, I think Big came out in the late 80s. 88. She was born in 1960, November 18th. So she was 28 when she played that role. Yeah. Is that the biggest role she played? The most noteworthy role she's ever played? No. What would you say otherwise? Finding Nemo? (laughs) I'm not looking at her, a list of her. She was Coral in Finding Nemo. Yeah. I never watched it. She was also known as uh, Celia Hodes in Weeds, Showtime's Weed. Did you ever watch Weeds on Showtime? Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was so good. That was so good. She played a great Celia, too. She was in He Said, She Said, The Flintstones. <laughs> she was in About Last Night. I mean, I, I remember for all kinds of stuff when I was younger, but I couldn't name much of it off the top of my head. Olivia Branch, welcome to the program. Long story short, and back on disc golf, I don't know how we got on Zoltar, Elizabeth Perkins, and... Because Zoltar is your new... uh... All right, I'll be Zoltar if you think that's what it is. The 2024 Professional Disc Golf World Championships will be held in Lynchburg. This will be the first PDGA World Championship of any kind in the Commonwealth of Virginia. We should not underestimate the significance of disc golf. It is booming in popularity. New sports that grab attention... In America, pickleball is the most dominant new sport for attention grabbing. But disc golf is booming with popularity. Hmm. Interesting. And I'm all for anything that gets people off screens and outside. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you for that heads up, uh, C-Shave. Two other items out of the notebook. Uh, Brad Wilcox in studio tomorrow. The UVA professor who... In fact, I just read a tweet of his. Um, The great JM is uh, what Albert Graves suggests. And he says, yes, enter Sandman, and they sing every game like that. Too bad the Hokies basketball team cannot play like that outside of Castle. And he said the Daytona 500 was one hell of a race. Ginny Hu watching the program. So funny, we drove by around 345 yesterday, and my youngest said, there's Judah sitting in his chair. She feels like she knows you guys. 
Dude, you can visibly see into the studio while driving down Market Street. Yeah. I would bet you 10,000 cars drive by Market Street and visibly see into the studio. And it's always uh, campfire, marshmallows, graham crackers, and chocolate, and kumbaya in the studio. Yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> For the most part, it is. <laughs> For the most part, it is. Come on. <clears throat> Uh, Brad Wilcox in the house. This was the tweet he sent out yesterday. He's the UVA psycho- uh, sociologist who uh, penned a new book that talks about <coughs> the significance of marriage. The book is called Get Married, Why Americans Must Defy the Elites, Forge Strong Families, and Save Civilization. Um, I actually took his class um, as a first year at the University of Virginia. We reminisce about that from time to time when we come on the show. Um, This from the Washington Times. There are... Or this might be from his book. There are plenty of liberals and members of the online right who argue that the path to prosperity runs away from marriage, but the data points in the opposite direction. Hmm. Professor Wilcox in the house in the studio tomorrow. You have questions for him? I, th- I want to look at it. I think it'll be a good interview if we take it from a bachelor's perspective and from a married man and a father of two's perspective. Yeah. We can put him in the triangle of content here, the equilateral triangle of content on the set of the I Love Seville network. He'll be at the head of the table and we pepper him with questions. Anything you want to close with? Uh, I thought you were fantastic today. Thank you. Sincerely mean that. Uh, there is a cool little uh, uh, winter songs. It's coming back for the 10th year, raising money to help women in need. It's uh, a concert with eight women's ensembles from public schools in Albemarle County and Charlottesville. And uh, look them up on Google. I'm not going to go through all of them, but uh, they have... There are some great, uh, some great names for the groups. And the best is the No Fella Acapella. The what? No Fella Acapella, because it's because it's girl girl groups. Oh, that's good. Yeah, no fella acapella. I like that. I want to tease the the fortune telling segment. <laughs> John calls it the uh, the Swami of Seville potentially. Well, this is going to be a teaser. When are we going to introduce the segment? You're asking me. This is the first I've heard of it. This crystal ball is so heavy. I believe it. No, 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 seriously. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can barely lift this thing. This is the crystal ball. Do you see it? Yeah. It's got a base. Do you see it? It needs a base. It is, tell me this is not heavy. I'll walk this over to you. Why is it covered in... Because it's new. You've you need never taken on... this out? No. Take it out. Ugh. It is pretty heavy. What's that? 
It is pretty heavy. We got a headdress over here. Are you ready for the headdress? Oh, Are you on studio yeah. camera? I'll put it back on. There you go. God, this is going to mess up my hair. <laughs> Judah might be wearing this. I don't know if I can wear this if this messes up my hair. Do I have to put this on? Uh, show them the inside. See if it's... Uh... <laughs> it's going to mess up my hair. See? They did not see the inside, and neither did I. Here, you want to put this on? Not really, but I... I'll pull the crystal ball. It's going to mess up your hair. Uh, there's nothing messes up my hair. <laughs> see, I don't have that. You got no product in. Are I you know. putting it on? What? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> they don't call me a fashion icon for nothing. <laughs> oh, God. And here's the crystal ball. <laughs> I don't know if we can roll this out with Brad Wilcox. I'm not sure if he'll ever come back to the show. This might be for a Thursday program. Oh, God. This is the Tuesday edition of the I Love Sebo Show. Viewers and listeners, thank you for watching the program. Thank you for joining us today. For Zoltar, I'm the Sebo Swami. Maybe that's the segment right there. there Zoltar go. and the Sebo Swami. You guys have a good afternoon. Take care. They can still see the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs>